Hello. Hello. Industry. Industry. It's me, your loyal host, Friendly Rich, and welcome back to Industry Tactics. Um, episode number 135 is coming up, but before it does, tomorrow, if you're listening to this in real time, and I realize people listen, they go back, they dig, but on October 19th, 2021, i.e. tomorrow, uh, we're launching a new podcast. My pal Corey McCallum and I have created this thing, this fictitious town called Boringville, and search it and subscribe, please. We love that. Please, thank you for your support. Uh, it's called The Boringville Chronicles. And episode one of seven, it's our first season, launches tomorrow. Something totally different, obviously, than this podcast. Um, it's a serial thing. It's a weird thing. It's it's comedy at its, at its, at its core, I think. And um, we're really excited about sharing it with you. It's really absurd. And I hope you enjoy it. I hope you dig it. Um, please let us know. And um, you can reach me at friendlyrich.com. That's my website. And please let me know how you're enjoying these things all that we're producing and putting out there for your enjoyment. And uh, today, episode 135, is um, a chat with um, that I had earlier this week with a, a real inspiration. It's James B., he was in the Look People. Um, he mun- runs many. He's done it all. And we, we try to, in the hour or so that I spoke with James, learn as much uh, about his really rich career um, as possible. It was really hard to do that because uh, he's led such a, a diverse career, done many things in the creative uh, music and art and uh, jazz and the whole bit sector, uh, you name it, James has done it. TV, radio, holy smoke. So get into it. Um, before we hear that lovely interview in the Egg Circus theme, here's a little ad for this upcoming podcast, The Boringville Chronicles. Enjoy. They say if you're bored, it's because you're boring. Welcome to Boringville. Join us on a seven-part adventure. It's season one of the Boringville Chronicles, written and produced by Friendly Rich and Corey McCallum. Available now wherever you fetch your podcasts. Search for and subscribe to the Boringville Chronicles. In, back to industry tactics. I am. I gotta say, I am honored here. Whatever episode this is, to um, you know, what am I gonna call Mr. James B. 
the godfather of weird shit in in our country. I mean, you you are uh, you have a legendary status, and I'm just honored to have you on the podcast to pick your brain, try to understand you a little better than I I currently do. So, welcome, sir. Welcome. Listen, I got to tell you, Rich, I've watched or listened to many of your podcasts and I learned about people that I've known, people like Fred Speck, I've known for years and oh. I didn't know half the things that you got out of him in your lengthy interview. Wicked, wicked. Well, let's let's do the same, my friend. I've been looking forward to this all week and um, I know many, many, many fans of this show are um, are into what you do and um and you do a lot of things, you know, so like where to begin, I guess, is like it's a career that spans. Am I right in saying like 30 years plus? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And like I know you from, you know, the the look people really was a big inspiration. And like from there, you've just gone on to have that like y- you're an example of for me, like. I say this a lot on the podcast, like, how do you, and I'm not calling you old, I'm saying I'm calling you rich, and I'm saying, how do you want to age as an artist? And James, if I track... You're going to have to call me James, because if you call me rich, I'll be confused, and I won't know what to call you. Okay, yeah, I'm going to call you James. <laughs> okay, but I'm rich in life. You are rich in career, and uh, like, J- James, if I follow your, if I track you from the look people with that that pardon that look that look now with with this look and just all that you've done it's like how have you um how have you gone about this this journey with with staying creative Mm. the staying creative is a good little bit at the end of that question because because just doing it everything comes natural for me i don't Mm -hmm. sit there and think i know I'll change my hair and do this. Everything just kind of happens. But um, as far as, you know, the, the the impetus for like maybe the change when I'm young, I'm always into weird stuff. I'm always attracted uh, to, to friends and people that are into, I don't know, just just art that that is wrong and strong. That, oh, that yeah. really makes you think that some people don't get and some people completely get. And musically, the same thing, always mm-hmm. collecting weird records. I've had the problem a few times of like downsizing. When I went to Switzerland in 85, I downsized. Uh, yeah. In the late 90s, I downsized. And in 2007, I downsized. So three times mm-hmm. I've gotten rid of a ton of my collections, my Pez yeah. collection, my yeah. German cat food label collection. Whoa. That was pretty cool. My Whoa. cream top, my European cream top collection. You know the little creams you get with your coffee and there's little well here they just say seal test, but in yeah. Europe they got pictures of like of girls, of of yeah. Uh, yeah. of birds, of plants, of yeah. of cathedrals. So yeah. I collected all this weird shit and it's mostly the vinyl I, I wish I wouldn't have got rid of, but okay. okay. But anyway, always a collector of this stuff and so it just influenced what I made. So, you know, I can see right now three really distinct periods. Uh, The whole look people thing was about 15 years, really, because it was before look people. I was already into that. Um, So that was like the punk funk, the guy who thinks he's playing jazz or something, but it's not jazz. It's something else. Um, And then it went into kind of the lounge thing, which I always loved and always wanted to do. And then finally into the kind of jazz thing that now has mutated a little bit back into the weird again, because I I didn't want to do, I only had one little tiny period of my life where I made normal music. That was about 10 years ago. I made two or three records that were just good, normal jazz records. 
but everything yeah. else has been pretty fucked up. Yeah, it's really it's really beautiful because like you know what like I I want to I want to f- like how do you see yourself is like because I like I think like I you're really hard to like you're a producer you're an author you're a you're a performer you're a host you're a you're a you fuck you're a fundraiser you're like a really you're like a you're a you're a ball of like you make. I I I feel like a slacker just 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 being in the same room as you. Like, well, I'll tell you one thing. I do that. I always have a list next to my computer. You uh-huh. know, close to my bed, not right next okay. to my bed, but close by that I can look at and say a list of what projects do I want to get done. And they okay. move around a lot, right? Wow, so James. I yeah. have like a musical I'm writing. Uh, a a book of short stories, uh, a a memoir coloring book with my buddy, Charles uh, Hackburn. Um, We're doing a, a, a the coloring book will be out in about a month. Um, um, So, so always working on books and always working on writing and nothing will stop me from doing that. But then I have Hmm. a list of recording projects I want to do. And then I have just far out things I want to do. And the biggest thing is I like to help people out when when I love what they're doing. So I spend a lot of time, uh, getting sidetracked from the thing I want to okay. do. Okay. And I made a, a rule at the age of 42 okay. that I was going to have half of my life yes. is for my own finger painting. And the other half of my life is to work for other people and help other people. Oh, that's really nice. And what at 42 made you want to really define that to help other people? Like that's, a- I wish I wish I could say what it was, a, a, mm. a kind of a psychic uh, new age healer. Okay. This old guy told me at Burr Lives House once at 42, I'd have it all figured out. And he said that to me when I was about 38. Anyway, I had no idea what he meant by it. And for some reason it, mm. at 42 is when I realized I kind of I'm on the path I'm on. I know what I'm doing with my life. I'm going to keep yeah. doing it. And no one's yeah. going to make me feel bad or unaccomplished. Like, okay. like people, I could be, the busiest loser in the world, some oh. people could say, because you know, I don't have a million dollars in the bank and I don't live in Beverly Hills. Somebody else could say, oh, my God, you're the busiest person I've ever met. So I always take everything in stride. I don't actually wake up and look in the mirror and go, well, hello there. So <laughs> it's like, here's to another day of like, I just jump out of bed going, I'm still here. I wonder what I'm going to do yeah. today. I get excited yeah. like a little kid still yeah. every day where does all this you've been this way all your life like like just like in love with the path of like i'm doing a coloring book i'm working on a musical i'm just creating shit on my terms yeah well i think i got a lot better at it uh since i hit 42 but let's when i started i'm a kid in north bay no not too many people around i have a neighborhood filled with children right like lots of kids in the neighborhood but that's about it so in the backyard i decided i would host a game show Fuck, fuck okay. off. Okay, now I'll tell you how this happened. Okay, it started off. There's this is a weird story. There's a little, yeah. um, a little uh, corner store called Billy Booth's. No kids would go in there because the guy had a stroke and he looked scary, like his face was frozen. Okay. But he was a sweet old guy. I loved him. Okay. So okay. I'd go in there and just to buy some candy. And yeah. one day he just said, You know, I got some comic books in the back. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, You have a back room? And he goes, yeah. So I go in this back room and it's very small and it's stacked hundreds or maybe thousands of comic books. And I'm looking wow. one. 
these are good comic books. Nobody, what is he? I said, what do you have these here for? He goes, oh, I don't know. Uh, you can have them for, I think he said like two cents a piece or something, yeah. right? Wow. I mean, wow. Five wow. cents a piece or, or two or two cents a piece if I bought like more than 10. So I bought okay. as many as I could handle. And mm-hmm. I walked about half a mile down the street to a real comic book guy mm-hmm. who would buy them from me for like 10 cents each. Oh my. Oh, so, so I would so take a businessman. Yeah, I would take the six dollars. So I'm like uh, uh, ten years old. I would take the six dollars, which in 1970 something was pretty good, and I would go to the Salvation Army in the east end of town. That none of the kids in my neighborhood would ever go to the east end of town, or certainly never went to the Salvation Army, right? Because they're like middle class and they just didn't buy stuff at Salvation Army. So I would buy toys, and I'd have a game show. And the girl next door was really pretty. She was a gymnast and she would dress in her gym tights and point at the boxes and the curtains. And I was trying to be Monty Hall. Yeah. I guaranteed yeah. everybody would win a prize. So everyone comes to my house and gives me 25 cents. Right. Wow. And so I keep finding ways of making little bits of money and then I give them shitty prizes, but they love them because it's all funny and stupid. Right. What so was, the game, show? What was the game show? The game show was like, let's make a deal. You didn't have okay. to wear funny <laughs> clothes. I asked okay. stupid skill testing questions. Most of them were easy. Right. But they got to draw the they got to draw the question out. So I didn't have control over whether it was easy or not easy. Then then I would take that money and buy an eight millimeter roll of film that was seven dollars, including developing that you'd mail away. And I started making home movies and getting all the kids in my neighborhood to be in these home movies like Dracula and Frankenstein and stuff. And then. Some of the kids were musicians, so I was asked to be in a, a rock band, and I was really shitty, but I really enjoyed the theatrical side yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and then that led to adult puppetry, well, no, to regular puppetry first. Um, and one Christmas, I made more money than my parents. I was making 400 bucks for a one-hour show right. doing puppet shows right. in the 70s. This was unheard of, right? Crazy, crazy. Money. Yeah. Like for the police department or the Royal Bank or whoever had a Christmas party, I would be yeah. the guy with the puppet show. Okay, and, and so by the time I left North Bay, mm-hmm. um, I really th- oh, and I also had a TV show in called Mid Canada Television. It was part like of a, like a like a cable TV show. Oh, no, well, it was bigger than that in a way. It was okay. CTV affiliate, so it was on oh, like wow. it was North Bay, Sudbury, uh, Rouen, oh, the Randa, and the Tri Towns, whatever. Like all the Northern Ontario thing. Anyway, it's called Jay's Friends, and it was it's, a variety show. It's a showbiz life, like from the day you came out, it sounds like. It's just yeah. like... Oh, yeah, I was in the Theatre Guild place, too, where I was the only kid and everyone was an adult. Or like in North Bay, yeah. I was already yeah. Yeah. doing yeah. having small parts. Yeah. So, 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 yeah, I knew I wanted to do... I thought I was going to do theatre. I, I always knew I wanted to be a writer, but I thought mm-hmm. I was going to be an actor. I came down mm-hmm. to Toronto, and okay. some of the great actors I knew were unemployed auditioning, and I went, oh, no, I'll produce instead. I just thought, okay. I'll produce things, and then nobody can... I don't have to wait for the phone to ring. What was Toronto like when you arrived? Like, what... It, it, it was seen it transform. Fun. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. The, the, the real scene, there was no Ossington scene. There was mm. no Harvard, like all these streets where there's good restaurants and some clubs. Now they weren't around. It was really mm. only Queen Street is where almost everything happened. Yeah. A little bit of action on Spadina. Um, mm. But it was really, really uh, uh, an art scene that yeah. was avant garde and crazy. Like, okay. Yeah, okay. so I felt really at home there. I, and, I, for, and you and and do you kind of 
does the look people happen soon after you arrive to Toronto or is it like you uh, kind of see, find first, your, your, your people? Oh, first, first I did adult puppetry. Okay. Do, do tell please. Well, I had, I had puppets that could have sex changes with Velcro. Wow. wow. Um, and one of them was, uh, uh, yeah, like one of them was a cross-dressing puppet who, who okay. sang a really catchy tune. I still have it memorized. It's so bizarre. It was like 1980. And I still remember some of these things. One man, um, one person show or what? It like- was uh, it was called The History of Sex. It was a two person show. Uh-huh. Uh, my, my stoner roommate uh, worked one of the puppets, but uh, it was pre-recorded. Because oh, I had wow. a real soundtrack behind it and everything else. So the puppets were lip syncing to a thing. So we could practice really easily and we didn't okay. need microphones okay. behind the screen. Got it. Got it. Wow. Yeah. Fun. So, so that was pretty fun. And then I, I auditioned for Fraggle Rock. I really thought I was going to be uh, with the Muppets. Yeah. But then the day after my audition, my house burns down. Okay. And... uh uh, I had to go home. I had to go home to, to North Bay to heal from my various burns. Holy! So Fraggle I, I Rock, inside. Fraggle Rock is the is one that got away. Yeah, because even if I don't know if I got the part or not, but I wouldn't have known because I had no house yeah. to mail a letter to because it had burned down. Whoa! Whoa! And it I couldn't use my hands. My hands were completely bandaged. I couldn't it, use them for several it months. It was real. It was real. Yeah. Like this 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 set you back. Yeah. So wow. as soon wow. as I could wipe my own butt, as soon as the bandages, I could. Well, change you could have wiped bandages. your butt if you were bandaged. You could have just. Well, you could wrap it up. <laughs> if it's, it's already wrapped, it's like a permanent wipe. <laughs> yeah, right. You, you... Just use the bandages. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, so, so as soon as I could change my own bandages and not have yeah. to go to the hospital to have it done and all that, yeah, I yeah. just, yeah. I just hitchhiked to Toronto. I went right back. Wow. And started all over. Wow. Wow. And I really felt good. Uh, let me tell you one thing that's amazing. I felt nice. so good because I came back to Toronto mm. completely fresh. I had okay. no, here's something that I, that I understand with some child stars, right? Like with me, it was really minimal, but still, yeah. it still works that I would have shown you mm. the video of me when I had my TV show, when I was 16, I would mm. have shown you all my puppets. I would have lived in that bubble of I was yeah. a genius child instead yeah, yeah. of having everything taken away and having to start all over again. Okay. Starting all over again for me was calm. It's like no one in that house fire died. I right. got the worst of it. Right. Um, right. But but I was so happy to be alive. And great I really outlook. Yeah. Wanted yeah. an enthusiastic blowjob. Yeah. I mean, I was 21 <laughs> years old. Yeah. I was just coming back to Toronto to hang out and, and, yeah. and fool around and make yeah. music. I also started making music and I can't tell you one funny thing. It was, you know, you don't know this till you're older, but there's moments in your life where you make a decision, mm-hmm. marriage, children. That's so obvious, right? Mm-hmm. It's the most important thing you can ever decide to do or not do. But mm-hmm. I believe it or not, my whole life changed because I met this girl I had a crush on and mm-hmm. I wanted to take her to a David Bowie concert. Okay. I was supposed to take the $200 I had saved. And mm-hmm. again, this is 1980, 200 bucks was a d- decent amount. It'd be like a thousand now probably. Right. And, and I went to uh, this uh, agency who was going to hire me to be a ski instructor. Well, not an instructor, but to hang in the, in the, in the, in the chalet, to be like, to be working in the sh- ski chalet okay. and uh, in Austria. And I was supposed to bring them the deposit. I give them 200 bucks and they do all the paperwork. And then I go there and they pay the, the company pays for the flight and all this. So I was just about to leave town yeah. and I meet this girl and I, and she told me David Bowie tickets were on sale the next day. So I picked them up and brought it to the concert and blew my money. 
if right. I wouldn't have done that, I wouldn't have went to Inglenook High School. I wouldn't have met Clay Tyson and Basil Salazar. I wouldn't have made the B people that turned into the look people and all this. Like okay. none of this ever okay. would have happened. Wow. If, if I wow. didn't go to that I one see. boy concert and meet Nora Fennin. That's <laughs> I, I see. Wow. It, well, so it, all, it all matters, I think. It, all right. of these encounters really matter when you just zoom out a little bit or a lot. Yeah. And, 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 and kind of dissect it and connect the dots on your, your career. It sounds to me like it's full of reinvention, like throughout, yes. like you've had, you've had periods. Yeah. Because Bowie was, was of all of the kind of rock stars at the time. Yeah. He was my favorite um, okay. Okay. because he kept reinventing himself really obviously like giving himself character names and putting yeah. on costumes, yeah. but also musically the difference between hunky dory and heroes, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's quite amazing right. how much uh, to black star, which was freaking masterpiece. Jesus. So, yeah. so yeah. yeah, I actually yeah. I pinched a loaf on his toilet once in New York, but he wasn't home, but I actually, I was in he his did. house. I saw wow. all his paintings in, in, in that he was working on. My friend wow. was his interior decorator and he said it was okay that I'd come in and take a, a video of of his apartment uh, for uh, Bravo. Incredible. Yeah, that's going to have to be in my in my coloring book. Now that I'm telling you that story, I I yeah. forgot that one. I'll have to write that one out. Well, I mean, I mean, how many of these stories do you? It's it's very it's very beautiful. I mean, you've got a lot of these kind of just charmed life stories to me. Right. So, oh, I do. Yeah. I have over I, like so far, yeah. I've got forty stories that I've sent to Charles to do a cartoon okay. photos to color in. Okay. Um, and I kept realizing, especially yeah. I have a couple of new young friends that when we're talking, they ask me cool questions yeah. and the stories keep popping out of my head. I've never sat down and tried to make a list yeah. of weird stories. Okay. It's not right. Really, and yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but we thought for this coloring book coming out that it mm -hmm. should be all of your stories with celebrities, okay. but a lot of the stories are, stupid stories like the opposite of bragging yeah yeah i don't even know who i'm talking to until later awesome what's what's the what's the coloring book going to be called uh color me crazy <laughs> and and you know it's funny that you mentioned this yeah. in the bottom is a picture of me with a top knot looking a little bit like great pop scott i look a little bit insane in the okay. in the first picture the next mm -hmm. one i've got the pencil mustache with the martini uh -huh. which is the lounge years uh -huh. and then the top one is me with the big hair and glasses the way i am now wow Wow, so, James! So the multi the cover, cover of the book is the three stages of my life. It's yeah. like the many faces of right. Um, wait, hey, let's let's take a, a breather and and dig into some of you, the music that you've you've produced. Um, you want to you want to set something up? Of uh, I know you've been busy and you've got a couple of releases kind of coming out right now. Right now. So yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, the two things I did during. Uh, during COVID one was writing all of these writing projects. The other was mm -hmm. making music. And I'm really fortunate mm -hmm. that uh, my partner, John O'Grant has his home studio set up okay. so we can get a lot of work done. And a lot of other people I've worked with will send in their parts like Carol Pope sang on a couple tracks from oh, wow. LA, Lee Heron wow. from Vancouver, wow. uh, another friend of mine who lives in Timmins. Like it doesn't matter where, yeah. but people are yes. sending in their yes. stuff. Yes. Um, uh, so we've been able to do that. So the two records coming out are uh, Music for Secret Agents. Yes. And that started as the Tiki Collective Spy Jazz, 
Okay. But it started, it changed, it morphed as we started working on it. We're like, no, this is going to rock out a little bit. I didn't okay. want to be kept, I didn't want to be confined to one genre of music for the album. Got it. I wanted it to be good. like my favorite musicals, like You're in Town, a terrible name yeah. for a musical, but a great musical. Yeah. It has every kind of music. It has gospel right. and blues and jazz right. and show tunes. Right. It has everything in it, right? Okay. So I didn't right. want any like that. And then our marketing guy says, James, you have worked on mm. uh, uh, James Bond premieres uh, for decades. I, I mm-hmm. did the uh, one in New York with Pierce Brosnan for Tomorrow Never Dies in, well, I guess oh, that wow. was 97, um, maybe 98. But anyway, in the late 90s, I did one in New York, gave away mm-hmm. Rolex watches and asked people skill tests and questions. The game Fun. show I did as a kid, that never oh. left me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> right? wow. Great so when to I connect MC, those dots. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. When I MC, I'm constantly trying to include the audience. An example would be, um, and the one in New York worked really well because yeah. I'd say, which of the following, I bring a girl up on stage, mm-hmm. which of the following is not a Bond girl, kissy, pussy, vulva, or dick? And I go, help <laughs> them out, audience. And now these are all people in tuxedos and nice outfits yelling, yeah. pussy, dick, yeah. Yeah, vulva. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The answer was vulva, by the way. Okay, okay. I would have failed. I would have failed. I would have said dick. Yeah, no, dick was the name of a Vietnamese uh, uh, girl. In okay. one of the Bond films, yeah. Okay, I blew it. I don't. I don't get a Rolex. Um, <laughs> That's right. So, so he said, "Put this under James B. Presents." Don't worry about a band. He oh. goes, "You haven't put your name on a record since the oh. RJO. You re- it's really time to put your name oh. on something and tell people oh. you're presenting this. This is your idea. Right. You've right. picked the songs, picked the yep. band, and raised the nice. money. I like that. I like yeah. that. And and working with John O'Grant, my God, this guy can play every instrument. On one song, How we fun. decided How to fun. do an extra tune. Yeah. On one song, he just played the guitars yeah. and the bass and yeah. the drums and the, oh. and the keyboards and everything. Um, but we have a lot of great musicians. It's really mostly the Tiki Collective. Okay. Uh, that's the core and yeah. who's in the tiki collective like the core of it the core of it for for since the beginning was uh great bob scott yeah. george Kohler, and eric saint laurent i mean Those, that's the great, core and then lots of people have been yeah. in and out playing Very different good. things michael david on vibraphone oh um, yeah great ernie taller and allison young are on there Bill wow. McBurney is a regular. Wow. So it's, 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 they're heavy, heavy players, yeah. but yeah. I think they really love when they're allowed to rock out a little bit and yeah. do something a little different. Yes. They're really happy to do it. Um, so it's James B presents music for secret agents. Is that, is that how you're framing it? it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's, let's queue up. Um, Goldeneye. Goldeneye is Irene Torres singing. And uh, we're just shooting a video for this. Now the video will oh. be out uh, November 5th. Reflections on the water More than darkness in the depths See him surface and never a shadow On the wind I feel his breath Golden eye, I found his weakness Golden eye, he'll do what I please Golden eye, no time for sweetness but a bitter kiss will bring him to his knees. See him move through smoke and mirrors. Feel his presence in the crowd. 
So when does this record come out, James? Is it is it coming? Is it out? Well, a couple of singles are are, are leaking out now, but by okay. November fifth, November fifth, okay, it, which this show could be just before or just after that, whenever right. whenever it airs. But yeah, right. November fifth, twenty twenty one. It's on all okay. platforms. It's everywhere. Yeah, be- beautiful. I will make sure that that it lands around, and I'm still- in and around then. Thanks. I'm still. It's still weird for me that I'm still making CDs and I'm still selling them off stage. Um. um but, but of bless course, you. most of our focus is not doing that. That's just live concerts, really. Can you talk a little bit about that transformation and how to, like, you've seen the city change. You've seen scenes come and go. Yeah. You've seen, <laughs> um, I've seen the music industry. You've seen formats. A, you've seen yeah. formats come and go. And right. can you touch a little bit on that in just the sense that, like, this this podcast is called, jokingly, I guess, a little bit, yeah. Industry Tactics. It's like... Right. But you've you've seen it all kind of change, yet so have you. Well, I didn't. My problem, too, was I didn't embrace it at first. I needed some Mm -hmm. young people to help me out. Okay, You know, Genevieve Marantet will give me lessons on how to do certain things properly and save time. Um, So so when I when it when it started changing, which was 1999, literally like Mm -hmm. into the into the 20th century, everything changed. Um, First, it was Napster and then it was. uh, Uh, iTunes and it, you know it, whatever whatever it was, it kept changing to the point of oh no one's going to buy music now because they don't have to. So <laughs> then then our thing is okay. Well, where is the money? Well, it's point of purchase. If they're at an actual gig, they'll buy something. I had yeah. more luck at a lingerie shop. I went to a lingerie shop <laughs> and left them uh, records for point of purchase. They sold over five hundred records in a few months. Um, mm. because it had a good cover of mm. like, a, a, like of a sexy lady in lingerie and mm. it was a, a selections of tunes. And I just thought I'm going to try selling it where people don't sell it. Okay. So right cool, now with cool the Christmas idea. record, with yeah. the Christmas record, I'm only, I'm only making it available in dispensaries. Oh, whoa. Because only people that smoke pot will understand it. And because it's an album cover in black and white and it comes yes. with a free pack of James B crayons. Um, 
and and it's like 10 bucks and there's no vinyl inside it's a download card and a and a and a, and a code so you can scan it on your phone and listen to it right away or you can download it into your computer and own it whatever you want to do yeah. um and then vinyl orders it's like i'll get them to you next year I, also really- also what a smart move to think that there's got to be like a thousand fucking there, there are more dispensaries and there are three record stores right? than Starbucks or record stores. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yep. yeah. Good for yeah, you. Yeah, Good. there are more dispensaries than Starbucks right now. And to and oh. to also just see it as the business person that you are to go. That's actually my demographic. Is like well, for anyone this, for that Christmas record. See, they're not going to start. They're not going to turn their pot shop into a record store. They're going to laugh anybody out of the store. Yeah, I'm bringing in a giant album cover with a download card and a pack of crayons, right? (laughs) It's pretty cheap. That's brilliant. Um, They're also going to take my coloring book. So that's, that's two things. What's the name of the Christmas record? A very unusual Christmas. Oh, Oh, sorry. A A very untraditional Christmas. (laughs) Thank thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Second take. I'll edit the first step. A very untraditional Christmas. Um, do you want to, uh, on what I've heard of it, and we'll, we'll play a few tracks here today, mm-hmm. you, you, you're tapping into a bit of a Hal Wilner vibe for me, like the ghost oh, of Hal Wilner yeah. is alive and well. I, I feel like it's like, holy shit, like, is that kind of your aesthetic of just like pulling well, no, together some no. of the weirdest kind of... No, that's only part of my aesthetic, and this yeah. is why it was crucial that I put out the music for secret agents first, because people haven't heard from me for a while. Ah, right. Like I was in Bonsai Suzuki. I was in Tuke and I was in Tuke, but hardly at all. Like, like no one, you wouldn't, you'd have to be paying a lot of attention to know that. So, Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. I I haven't been in the mainstream, you know, for a Mm -hmm. long time or with my name on an album. So I had to put out the secret agents to say, this is a tasteful, far out groovy record. Okay. Most James Bond songs suck the cover versions because they're classic songs. It's really hard to do a song and make it great. Mm -hmm. So that's why we only picked a handful of them. Right. Because some songs, it's really hard. Like I haven't figured out how to do live and let die yet. I'll just listen to the original and I don't want to hear anybody else. Right. 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 But uh, because it kind of reminds me of MacArthur Park. But anyway, (laughs) Live and nice. die. There's nice. so much going on there. I want yeah. to do the dance. Do, 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 do. <laughs> but, but with yeah. but with the uh, untraditional Christmas, right. you are correct in that one. What I wanted it to do, and I'd have to You're tell flexing singer, a muscle. For me, it feels yeah, like yeah, it's yeah, like right. Yeah. Singers yeah. would come in, and they would and and they would do like uh, King Salty would come in, and and sing it. I go, you know what? No, no. Listen, um, can you channel Johnny Hartman and be mm-hmm. really confident? But mm-hmm. just make a few mistakes and mm-hmm. be wrong and strong about it. Be really, really hit that thing like you mean okay. it and don't okay. hit it. Um, okay. Because it's not gaggy. What another person I said, it's the opposite of clever. I yeah. don't want this record to be clever. Yeah. I don't want it to be funny. I that doesn't that. mean people don't laugh their ass off when they're listening right. to me. Right. But they're laughing because they have the audacity of why was this made? Who was involved yeah. in this? Well, that- and there's no coincidence that most of the famous musicians on the album changed their names. They did not want to be associated. Only great Bob Scott is the only musician that kept his name. Interesting. Now, Interesting. now Mary Margaret O'Hara, some of the singers, they also yeah. kept their names. But yeah. but the band members yeah. really kind of like because also I mutated like I'd, I'd slow down the bass so it wasn't in time or the flute yeah. is yeah. stereo flute. So one yeah. goes up a semitone, one goes down a semitone, and it almost yeah. sounds like uh, like Tibetan folk music. Right. As a producer on this, are you... 
like you just said, like play it wrong and strong uh, as your direction. Are you are you kind of encouraging folks to bend it or to to in in Fred Speck's case? To, it, to, Fred, it was amazing. Fred UVU, played, like what I was played, the direction there? I played fr- Fred mm. uh, a track that mm. was slowed down to change the pitch. Oh, he came in and sang it. We realized that the pitch thing didn't sound good at all, so I put it back to the original key. So he is singing a fifth Great. from the original note. That's Every sick. note he sings is perfect, but it sounds wrong, but it also sounds right. So here's an example where musicians who hear it are in hysterics laughing, going, this is brilliant. I need to I need to actually learn this version. Sophia Perlman said she's going to teach kids how to sing that song like Fred Speck. That's Well, here it comes now. Let's... let's 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 listen to it. This is Fred Speck <laughs> doing um, most wonderful time of the year, right? Here it That's comes. right, with a great sax solo. It's the most wonderful time of the year. With the kids to go belling and everyone telling you be of good cheer. It's the most wonderful time of the year. It's the happiest season of all. With those holiday greetings and gay happy meetings when friends come to call. It's the happiest season of all. There'll be parties for hosting, marshmallows for toasting and caroling out in the snow. There'll be scary ghost stories and tales of the glories of Christmases long, long ago. It's the most wonderful time of the year. There'll be much mistletoeing and hearts will be glowing when loved ones are near. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Yeah, the most wonderful time Oh, the most 
So I'm going to connect the dots a little bit. That was Fred Speck. If you want to listen to the Fred Speck interview that James alluded to, it's episode number 119 of this podcast, Industry Tactics. And uh, yeah, you've you've talked about a, f- a few others here who have been on the podcast, and I like connecting the dots on some of that. James, what a thrill to um, that is a that is a strange sounding version of 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 a classic. There, um, I imagine it as David Byrne as a child. Yeah, yeah, he sounds very. Um, yeah. Excited, but almost angry. Okay. <laughs> Very serious about Christmas. Yes, that's that's well put. Um, this is such a beautiful record. I'm so excited about it because I mean, you don't see people treating, uh, you know, Christmas records with such um, or music <laughs> or yeah or music. I mean, it's just like I mean, but your your approach, the the family of musicians that you've pulled together on this thing is real. It's like. Uh, there's just a lot to be admired about, uh, and now your approach to marketing it is is right outside the box, right? I like, can't believe it. I'll tell you one more thing. I'm doing. I did press ten copies of vinyl. Okay, ten they cost like thirty bucks a pop because yeah. well, they're they're one off discs. Every disc is burnt in real time. Okay, the woman who burnt the discs said she needed therapy after listening to the album ten times <laughs> in a row. <laughs> First, she thought it was funny. Then she thought it was ridiculous. And then she actually thought it was good. Yeah. So that's why she needs therapy. Those are the three stages of grief. (laughs) Um, Right. So let me tell you what I'm doing with the vinyl. What about these 10 records? Yes. I'm going to, uh, and I haven't gone to them yet, but I'm pretty sure everyone will say yes to me. Uh, Andy Kim, uh, Molly Johnson, uh, Gordon Lightfoot, have them color in the cover and autograph it. There's a place on the cover to actually sign your your art. Okay. Okay. And I'm donating them to the Daily Bread Food Bank, Unison Fund, different charities. So uh, we'll be doing an auction. Um, on really cool November 18th. That's really cool. And we will raise thousands of dollars That's to charity really cool. from a record You're... that nobody would normally even want to listen to. From, maybe. from a from a per, from a possibly perceived ugly place, you know, like it's got right. some raw, but it's what you just painted there for me says it all, right? Like your these ten records will sell, you, you know, will do well. I, I, they, I they, hope. Well, they'll make and, they'll make two hundred to a thousand bucks a record easily. It, it, that's yeah. so. That's you too, eh? At forty-two, you just said you're going to give half of your life back to yep. giving, and yep. um, that sticks. Well, for with a while, me. it was eighty twenty. I got too carried away you when were... I first started at Jazz FM. I forgot about my own career and my own stuff, and I did eighty percent for others, and kind of lost my way. So it took me a few years to kind of go. Wait a minute, I have you know to I like that. I really like hearing that about you because, like. I don't know you well enough and and I want to know you better uh, because I, like I, I that part might get lost on me somewhat is that how charitable you are, you know, um, how but I, giving but I'm you healthy. Are. But, I, but I also think but I'm healthy. I'm not fit. Like I put on the covid 20, um, but I'm healthy. And every day yeah. when I wake up, I am so grateful for my health yeah. that I yeah. have to do stuff for other people because wow. wow. it, it just feels like I'm lucky every day. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. if you don't do something for yeah. somebody else, I, I I don't know. I, I couldn't even imagine. Well, I wouldn't feel this good if I didn't wake up and have a list of things to do. But I was just going to say, like, you I don't want like I, I want to use my words correctly here. But you're you're such a you're a big personality, right? You're you're a, you're a, you know, 
you're, Toronto, you're Mike like, isn't sure, but most people <laughs> you're electric, you know, and, yeah. and, and, uh, and you're innovative in all of it. And, and, but we're in this thing of show business and it's like, it feels like it could be like what you're touching on there is like a shedding of ego. And I want to know, right. I'm almost like Jim Carrey in that notion. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm not okay. quite as, as ascended as he is perhaps, mm-hmm. but but, but you're on that, that path. I'm on that path of like, oh yeah, nothing, nothing actually matters. So let's have the most fun, give the most mm-hmm. love, help the most people, do the most you can, because mm-hmm. nothing matters. Nice. So well, everything. Thank you. So everything you do should, if if you're helping people and having fun and doing everything you can, yeah, to to, to help your immediate surroundings. Yeah. Yeah. On on Gratitude. your website, on your website, uh, jamesb.com, J A dot C A Y M. Oh, sorry, I fucked that up. JamesB.ca, J-A-Y-M-Z-B-E-E.ca. You, uh, you, you, in your bio, you touch on, like, your love for absurdist humor. And, like, yeah, man, I see that, your, that your eyes are... That comes from my parents. In half of your photographs, it's, like, of your... Pro, 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 your, your cross-eyed, you're your goofing around. Like... Yeah. How important is uh, has has humor been on your uh, on your upbringing as a, as a weirdo? Yeah, well, I mean, my whole life, my parents not only like they were warped, but the, my, my dad's still with us. But my mom, she was she was dark and funny. She was like the oh, yeah. Betty White of Canada. Oh, so, oh, whoa. so she was a complete riot, mm-hmm. and uh, and so I had it all my life. I had this kind of humor. Yeah. I think it got weirder with look people because when you're in a band, there's five guys. We're all yeah. best friends, and yeah. we're really. Um, yeah. making each other think that everything we do is brilliant. Okay. Well, <laughs> and we rehearse five days a week. Yeah. So we it was real. Yeah. Musically, we were great, but our ideas were way out there. And mm-hmm. Kevin Hearn and I had a laugh the other day, uh, well, the other month, about mm-hmm. um, that we actually, some of these songs, we thought they were going to be hit songs. Like we were sitting around That's going, hilarious. That's a yes. great song. Yeah. And we listened out <laughs> going, Oh my God, it's completely insane. <laughs> it, it really, it, I mean, but it tells but you where into the humor right there. Hanging it tells out you where Bob the music Scott industry for all that time. Oh my god! Like Great Bob <laughs> Scott, it's like it tells you where the music industry was at at that stage to right. to bring you in and and build you up and well, and especially I, in Europe, right? Because in Europe, yes. people compared us to the Tubes and Frank Zappa, and everyone yeah. loved us. Yeah. Yeah. But then. It was a few years of not of kind of being a bit bored and doing a few things. But then Lollapalooza, because mm-hmm. of Flea from the Chili Peppers, he was bragging about us, playing us for people. We okay. got a, a call, call from Mark from Devo saying how much he loved our records. Amazing. He said the masses are asses and need look people glasses. <laughs> right? I mean, that's on that. That's that's your epitaph right there. Right. Like it's so. So during that band, the humor really hit. Then wow. then in the lounge thing, my first album was an original album where okay. I had songs like you put the babe in baby, 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 the babe of babes. Um, uh-huh. And and that record was all humor. And okay. then I got a little bit serious making some yeah. jazz records that were kind of covers. Good. Good. Um uh, but but the real humor, I think, again, in that 42, that when I started realizing all of this is good, I'm mm-hmm. going to keep doing what I do. And mm-hmm. there is a there is a fan base out there. I don't have to be huge. I just want yeah. to reach people that get it. Right. Right. And make right, a living. Right. And and so 
James, this is going to come out all wrong, so forgive me, and I might have to edit myself out here. But I have to ask, like, you are, how have you sustained the weird? How have you kept it sustainable? I'm dancing around the real question. You know what? I don't, that's a good question. I don't have an answer. I have no idea how I get away with this life. I really don't know. Fuck. Yeah. Like, like, there are, I think maybe, there's also... (laughs) There's also a bit of a sincere, folky people skills thing mm-hmm. that I that I had naturally because yes. I did theater with older people. When I was young, okay. I hung out with mostly older people, yeah. right? Uh, right? In North Bay, I was in okay. theater, um, yeah. and and uh, and the people, the, the, even the stoners in North Bay, they were right. older guys that had huge hi-fi record collections of all kinds of crazy music. So mm-hmm. I already kind of knew that. So. I wasn't one of those kids that thought old people had nothing to offer and weren't cool and only kids knew what was going on. Mm-hmm. So I, I, that never left. So maybe part of it mm-hmm. is that it's a pretty wide swath, right? Like mm-hmm. I have a friend who's 22 and I have a friend who's 75 and I don't feel any difference when I'm hanging out go. with one or the other. There you go. I like this. You're touching on the Fred Speck ne- never grow up kind of thing in oh, his. Absolutely. Uh, oh yeah. I have a, I have a Peter Pan complex. I, I don't yeah. know. Uh, that it's intentional, but uh, but looking back, I go, yeah, man. Um, yeah. I don't. I, there's very few times, and never more than you know, a month or two at a time, where I might have felt like an adult. Um, because I think most adults are bluffing anyway. We none of us know really what we're doing. Everybody, fair enough. There's things that we're not good at that we don't want to tell anyone we're not good at. Yeah. I just I do because I laugh at myself. And yeah. the other thing is too, when you laugh at yourself and when you don't take things seriously. Mm-hmm. It's a lot harder for someone to pick on you because I was bullied a lot in school. I mean, I was a funny, weird dressed guy and stuff. It's mm-hmm. not like all my life's been roses, but but I used humor as as a defense mechanism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Good it worked. One. Yeah. Good one. Good one. I mean, if you can make a bully laugh. You probably won't get punched as often. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a good tool, and it's uh it's the smarter tool to to, to keep you safe. I think you know. Yeah. And, and um, the main thing, too, is that because my childhood was like that, because I always had yeah, that humor, yeah. I think I think that's why I got away with what I've gotten away with. Wow. Like, you know, and I do feel like sometimes I'm getting away with stuff. When I started, it, when, when I left Jazz FM for nine months, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I got nine months off for good behavior. Mm-hmm. I, uh, <laughs> I um, started a tour company and suddenly I'm taking people to Cuba and hosting parties yep. in Cuba and making a ton of money and going, this is wonderful. This is like, I'm making a living traveling with cool people. Yes. That's, you know, yeah. now, now since COVID hit, I've decided yes. like, who knows when all of that comes back. So yeah. I've just yeah. been enjoying writing, but like I say, make a list of all your projects, all the things yeah. you want to do. Yeah. And then every morning take a look and say, Oh, I'm going to tackle this one today. It's so great. It's so great. I, um, I really admire it. I look up to you. I just think like, it's like, this is how, this is what you want to do. And and you are sustaining it. Like, and I like the kind of the mystery around that too. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna probe there. I want it to be like, yeah, man, you might find it, but the question would have to, I'd, I'd be discovering it with you. Well, what's cool about it too is like you you have so many. I mean, if let, let's get back to like if you are a younger person getting into a creative life, like what could be learned from someone like you because there's so much and you I mean, I'm finding you today you're zooming from from a radio station, you know. Yeah, I would say I would say uh, one thing is for a young person, 
Sometimes saying no is sexy. Sometimes don't say yes to everybody. People are going to try to bring you into their idea or their world to get you to work on their project. And if it doesn't feel right or it doesn't excite you, take a rain check okay. or run away, depending on who the person is. Yeah. Um, because I don't want it to sound like like everybody who calls me, I'm just ready to jump and do anything. It, it, there has got to be a level of interest and belief. And I'm happy to give people advice, but always with the footnote of like, hey, I'm just one person with a bunch of advice. Mm-hmm. Take it or leave it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I would never, but but it would be happy because some people are That's cool. That's cool. deluded, you know, because yeah. somebody, their parents told them that they were great and had talent, could do anything they want in the world. And then they go, well, actually, no, you can't. You probably should really work at this before you keep showing it to people. Do right? you, oh, let me, let's go rifle around here. Um, yeah. So you're, you've been, Let's let's list all of the fucking things that you've done. Let's try. <laughs> let's try. Front, front man of the look, people. Music producer. Have you produced a film? Well, not a film per se. I directed the Queensryche uh, uh, world tour. Uh, they had two <laughs> 40 by 40 foot screens on a big stage at like Maple Leaf Garden. So I directed that. That was a $250,000 budget. <laughs> And Incredible. I was thirty years old or something. Um, um, you, you've I, done you've done theater. We discussed that. It, yeah, I did. And I'm not a bad actor on theater, but I'm a yeah. bad actor in film. I've done a couple of short film, like a couple of short films, and and a couple of bit parts, like walk on parts in films. I I I it, it should be a kids show if I do that because I think I ham it up. Television um, on, on theater, I'm fine. TV, lots of TV, but lots again, of TV. It's not the TV I'd want to watch. I had okay. a show. Uh, f- f- I-, I filled in for Murray McLaughlin on a show called Grumps, which was a bit like politically incorrect. Okay. Um, I had a show called Vintage Vintage, which was oh. fun for me. I oh. got to a-, a limo picked me up and I wore a camouflage tuxedo and I went to garage sales and haggled with people over their stuff. Can, it was on the Life that, Network. That was can a you great find show. that on like YouTube and stuff? I have no idea where anything vintage, is. Vintage. I-, I know the producer of that, Barbara Barday. I could find out. It I sounds think it fun. Was on- yeah, it was on Life Network or maybe the Women's Network. There was a lot of networks in the late 90s. So yeah. I did a bunch of shows. Um, Including a taking a dump on... Right uh, now. And then I was a guest on all those cooking shows. And you took a dump on Bowie's uh, throne. <laughs> yeah, a gold throne. Oh, as we do. Um, radio broadcaster. Uh, yeah, I mean, many, by the way. I started at CKLN with the Bruce ah, Ego Hour. Oh, that turned into Celebrity Sound Circus for On Route FM, which was yeah. like Air Canada and Delta and stuff like that. Oh, wow. Um, okay. Then I did CFRB called the James B Radio Show. It was talk radio for people who have an opinion but don't bother to form one. <laughs> <laughs> CFRB audience. Anyway, <clears throat> um, then Mojo Radio, talk radio for guys. Um, I, did a, I, I was the producer of uh, Cloak and Dagger. And my character was Deep Throat. Um, but I quit that after a year because uh, the guy in charge of the show was getting too accurate with some of the stuff he was saying. It was no longer okay. funny conspiracy. Okay. And it was getting dangerous. So I quit. Um, I mean, and then then I came to Jazz FM. So that's uh, 19 years. Oh, boy. Oh, uh, you're back. You're back. I lost you. I lost you. 19 years ago for Jazz FM. 
19 years ago, I started here. Um, There was one moment where things were getting really weird. I complained and then got fired. But all the people that were a problem were let go. And and, well, yeah, anyway, it's back to business and things are better than ever. Yeah, nice, nice. But there was just that one little time I was away and I reinvented myself and I don't want a normal job again. So I don't, it's like, I don't want a full-time day job. I'm happy now to be freelance. So like walk us through a week in the life. Like what does Monday look like? Ah, you know, that's pretty funny. Uh, What I do is I, I don't sleep a lot. And, and because no? I used to get up at six in the morning every yeah. single, like every weekday. Yeah. So then weekends, it's pretty hard to okay. to change that. Yes, yes, yes. So then the, this nine months I was away, uh, I had a hard time sleeping in, but I traveled a lot. So it's fun to get up in the morning and walk through a tr- strange town. Yeah. Right. Um, so I did a lot of traveling. And then now since COVID, like since yeah. and since just now, since the last year, say 2021. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I spent a lot of time in the morning. I do my best writing in the morning. Okay. My brain works really good. Uh, well, okay. better than later. Better I don't than, know. It's really good. Yeah. It's better yeah. than later. Um, yeah. And then, so, so I work really hard. I often try to have a lunch meeting with someone. That's uh-huh. always a, a polite and short way to spend an hour and brainstorm or do something, yeah. but it's not going to go too long and I'm not going to drink or I'll have okay. one glass of wine, but I'm not, this okay. is not party time yet. Okay. Then back home to answer emails and do normal things. Okay. You know, my brain is still okay. And then uh, by dinner time, uh, I'm ready to like start surfing, start looking at things, start whether it's, because because I'm nonstop compiling music and making lists of movies, and I have a couple of uh, friends who are as nerdy as I am. So okay, uh, okay, you know it's great, keep, James. Great. keeping the inspiration going. So I I can't only be creating. Sometimes I got to be looking at a crazy Eating. film. Yeah, yeah, got it, got it, got it. I love this. I love this. I love I love the walk through. You know, a typical day or an atypical. Well, and also the last year and a half, a born yeah. again virgin. Um, I didn't have a girlfriend when okay. when COVID hit. Okay. I mean, I had a few good friends, but right. not nobody right. was. Good. We weren't going to shack up and and hibernate. Right. So now it's been so long. Now I'm like I'm doing spending a lot of time on my own. Okay. So I'm getting a lot more writing done. I'm being wow. very focused on the things I want to wow. do. Um, and, uh, when I go out, I must admit, I get tired quicker. Like I'll Mm -hmm. get back into it later, but like going out for a whole night and seeing a concert or producing a show, like I, like I have been at the paradise theater and producing a bunch of shows there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so moving. It's so beautiful. But the next morning you're definitely want to chill. (laughs) I don't want to, I don't want to get on the computer. Okay. Okay. Wow. I mean, what a joy to get into your head a little bit, you know, um, is there anything that you, we're going to wrap it up, but I want to, and I don't know what we want to end with, but like, what, what are some parting words of wisdom? I've I've run uh, three record companies into the ground. Um, (laughs) keep going with rifle round. I, I, we didn't finish. We didn't finish. Yeah. Keep going. This is good. Well, so now I'm finally, I finally found the right partner, Lorenzo at Vesuvius music. Yes, I'm dealing with a guy with a wicked sense of humor, a deep love of music and someone who puts his money where my ears are. So Mm, it's pretty cool. And we found other people, too. So finding people to invest in music and explaining to them 
explaining to them that it makes you feel better. He goes, since I've been doing this music stuff, he goes, I'm in a better mood. I'm closing more deals. My my personal life and my business is better because I'm an overall happier person. I see. And 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 when you say that to somebody, because there's a lot of people that are a little bit bored and it's like, man, if you're, if you're over 40 and you have money and you're bored, Call me. <laughs> no, because <laughs> you shouldn't be bored. There's so many people that need nice, help nice, and helping nice. an artist. You know, I know somebody who lost, you know, a million bucks in the stock market or something. And I'm like, mm-hmm. why don't you lose a hundred thousand and make five albums for five people? Like, honestly, you could, you, and, and you might think not of even how much fun that, that adventure how, will be. Yes, how yes, much yes. that adventure is. And then yeah. one person might click and you might right. make money. Right, but right. but don't do it thinking if I don't make money I'm screwed. Do it right. thinking, hey, this is a lark. Let's see what happens. Yeah, I like that, yeah. James. So you are so jazzed on all this stuff. Like you're so excited, and yeah, yeah. And after it's all working. these years, right. like after all these years doing it and seeing the adventure from different angles, I and you you get burned, pardon the pun, and don't get to be in Fraggle Rock. But I'm I'm touching on the idea of I'm regretting that. I'm regretting that. Like the, the yeah. gigs that I've lost in in my career, the, you know, almost being the next um, Colonel Sanders, that one still breaks my heart. And f- come That's to think right. of it, looking at you, I think you would have fucking nailed that. Like, I, By the yeah. way, uh, at one point we were doing a fun drive and Facebook yeah. told Jazz FM they were going to pull their site offline if they kept using Colonel Sanders to promote the radio station. Yes. And they wrote back to Facebook saying, that's James B. That's not Colonel Sanders. Yeah. yeah, fuck you. And then we got a note back from Facebook saying, sorry, that was an automatic response from a robot that te- te- that saw Colonel Sanders. We know it's not. D- Good to blame the robot. Yeah, blame the robot. When when things go awry, blame the robot. But but my point is like, have you had any? Do you do you have regrets in your career, or do you just let it no. go and accept it? No. no, 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 no regrets because the few things. I mean, I could say funny things like CBC yeah. had look people as the house band for the oh, yeah. Friday night show with Ralph and Murgy. Okay. They gave us a ch- in the fourth show. They said you get to pick a song of yours to play. Okay, I okay. wanted to do the song Sneaky Pucker and have Holly Cole come out and sing backing vocals and make this oh, wow. cool weird little song. Yeah, uh, a couple guys in the band said no, we want to do a stop start, which is the most uh, punk rock, no right. means no kind of song in our nice. set. Nice. So we did that one. And then after that, they said, you will never do another song on this, on this TV show. Right? Oh, wow. So, wow. so it's funny though. I don't regret it. Is funny. it. It's funny. It is funny. I see mistakes. Um, I yeah. see, yeah. I see mistakes I made um, on my book deal. Right. I had okay. the cocktail parties for dummies, which was a bestseller. Mm-hmm. But one of my, um, one of my uh, guys who did uh, who did research mm-hmm. uh, really like, man, it took so long to get mm-hmm. this thing and to reword it the right way. And mm-hmm. I, I didn't feel like I felt like maybe I got I, I took the easy route. Mm-hmm. Right. I just yeah. got a guy who was a friend who had put out a book got before. It. But it. he didn't got know it. about this culture and it wasn't the right okay. person. So little okay. life's lessons of mistakes, but yeah. they're not big enough to be regrets. They're not. important. That's cool. I like that. I, I like that. And I, you know what I like? I, I like, too, that you'd I'd prob- I, I bet you'd probably make that Ben Murgy mistake all over again. Oh, right. 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 Well, right? listen, back then, too, Quote, I mean, unquote, what people was about voting and there's five of us. Oh, cool. I yeah. was leading the band. I was doing a lot of the work. I was working yeah. as a publisher, publicist. Yeah. I was doing all this extra stuff. But yeah. 
we were really like a five five people okay. with five different opinions. So yeah, I got yeah. that. The funny thing about the new Christmas record is yeah. this one was just a kind of a funny brain fart I wanted to do. And uh, when I approached Mariana Hutton, who is this awesome, she's got big ears. Well, she's got little ears, but they're very smart. Yeah. Um, she yeah. <laughs> is a, She's a mixer and she masters up at Lacquer Channel. So okay. when I brought this to her, we edited the whole album i had all the tracks but we edited and mixed it everything in a weekend not high <laughs> oh oh well, well, well there you go i can't wait to hear i i can't wait to hear that when does the christmas record come out technically it comes out november 5th oh shit um, okay yep uh what well, the, the spy jazz is november 5th yeah the, the, the christmas record is a soft launch we're not going to plug away at it until okay. middle of november but it, it will okay. be available in fact okay i think it. even before that uh the green closet on parliament yeah uh, the, the dispensary the yeah. guy there said i want them before everyone else stoners don't care when christmas is just yeah. bring me the record yeah. and let me there sell you. it there you go every day is christmas there you go well that, that was such a cool model can't wait to uh to take it all in. Um, so go to jamesb.ca for more info. What do you want to end on? What tune do you want to end on, James? Uh, I think, I think why not Jeff Farkas and it's a beginning to look a lot like Christmas. So good. So good. Here it comes now. This will knock you off your rocker. Jeff Farkasson, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Uh, thank you so much for doing this. Thanks, Rich. Lovely to talk to you. And I can't wait to see you in action on stage soon. Amen. All right. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas Everywhere you go Take a look at the five and ten It's Thursday once again with candy canes and silver lanes and oh, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Toys in every store, but the prettiest sight I see is the holly that will be on your own front door. A pair of long boots and a pistol that shoots in the wish of Bonnie and Ben. Does it look hard and go for a walk as I'm up from Janice and Jen? And mom and dad can hardly wait for school to start again. It begins to look a lot like Christmas. Everywhere you go, there's a tree in the ground with help, or one in the park as well. The sturdy kind that doesn't mind the snow.
got that one right. Oh, yeah. Holy. Oh, yeah. Walking over a walk and a whole hotel is a gentleman. Mom and dad can hardly wait to school to start again. Ooh, we're beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Everywhere I go, there's a tree in the Grand Hotel and one in the park as well. Sturdy kind of does my heart. We're beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Through the bells stop. And the thing that'll make him ring is the cow that you will sing right from your stinking, right from your heart. That's right. That was Jeff Ferguson doing It's Beginning to Look a Lot Like Christmas, Christmas from James B.'s upcoming release, A Very Untraditional Christmas out next month go to jamesb.ca as we said um james b thank you for existing thank you for all of the inspiration that you provide and all of these creative projects um please go to friendlyrich.com to learn all things uh about me and uh subscribe to the boringville chronicles which launches tomorrow we're very excited about that and we'll see you again next week on Industry Tactics for episode 136. We are doing this. What an exciting journey. Are you having fun? Uh, You could tweet us at Industry Tactics. Let us know what you're thinking if you're still on Twitter. Um, Otherwise, I'm I'm on Instagram, at Friendly Rich. And uh, you can message me there, as many of you have done. Uh, So take, take care, everybody. We'll see you soon. Bye.